a path laid out, a plan to follow, or an individual to lead the way, then we will take our next step, and this is what I see a lot, our next step based on emotional responses to the current situation rather than the journey ahead or the goal to be reached. Because if you don't know where you're going, right, you don't know what the goal is. We briefly looked at an instance of this last week with the Apostle Thomas. The Gospel accounts seem to indicate that Thomas was a doubter, and doubters consistently require more evidence in order to be convinced that something is true or factual. Now, I think that under normal circumstances, a doubter might process his thoughts through like wondering or pondering or mulling it over and sometimes a little bit of heated discussion, uh, but mostly by those means in their mind, uh, searching for the answer or conclusion. But when trauma or extreme loss and grief are added to the mix, a doubter tends to emotionally explode rather than rationally consider. So here is Thomas in the upper room at the end of the first day of the week. He missed Jesus' earlier appearing to the disciples and refuses to believe their account of what had happened that morning and that they had seen the Lord alive. So John 20, 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now think about that. Think about what he, what he says he needs to do in order to believe. To, think, to, to put his finger in, in the wounds in Jesus' hands, to, to thrust his hand into a spear wound in Jesus' side. Thomas's propensity to doubt is so enhanced by the trauma and loss of Jesus' crucifixion and death that his doubting becomes emotionally expressed unbelief. And he is stuck there. Look at the text. We have seen the Lord. He has... Uh, Thomas's response, oh yeah, well, I saw something too, nails and spear wounds and death and loss of hopes and dreams, and of course, I'm reading into the text a little bit here, uh, so if you want to show me the living Lord, then you had better show me these wounds also. Why? Because those are now Thomas's wounds, wounds that have scarred his heart and his hopes and his faith, and it has left him stuck in, in the here and now of his pain, with no means of seeing a way to reach beyond it to the then and there of the future that he needs to head towards. In a nutshell, it has all become way too much for Thomas, but not for Jesus. Can we pause here and personalize this for a moment? Are you feeling stuck? trapped or crushed? How about hopeless or broke? I've seen some uh, Facebook posts this past week about people really worrying about their financial situations, feeling like they're stuck, like they're spinning their wheels and getting nowhere. Uh, how about all alone? Are you feeling all alone? 
Well, that is so big right now, and it doesn't feel like the future keeps getting pulled out from under us and dragged to just beyond our reach. I mean, there are so many voices and plans and programs and sources of advice and opinions as to why and why not and what is and what is not, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it can all become way too much. Have you cried this past week? Hmm? Have sad emotions suddenly come to the surface where you realize how much you miss other people and the friendship and fellowship of their companionship? Look at the sudden outbreak of demonstrations from state to state of people demanding the lifting of the mandates. People are emotionally fueled and desperate to get out of the rut and on with their life. The awareness of the shifting emotional state is obvious for those whose life and calling is centered on the well-being of others. For example, an article released by the Religious News Service dated Wednesday, April 22nd, that's just this past week, was titled, interestingly enough, The Loneliness Pandemic. The Loneliness Pandemic. How the quarantined are grappling with two things, solitude and faith. Solitude and faith. For the lonely, isolated, traumatized, or infected, what once made sense no longer does. The rational and the emotional mind can rarely coexist. And what will quell that? Show us the nail prints. Show us the spear thrust, the real evidence of the story you're telling. Sometimes proof promotes faith like doubting fosters unbelief. The answer for us is the same answer that came to Thomas in John 20, 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, although the doors were locked, what's locked down in your life? It does not hinder Jesus. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, I love this, put your finger here. Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And it's not that Jesus is rebuking Thomas, as some have stated, no, God does not berate us in our pain. Quite to the contrary, Jesus is legitimately offering Thomas an opportunity to do what he feels is necessary in order to redeem his own faith. Unless I see it, unless I thrust my hand in there, Jesus says, well, come on, do it and get beyond the rut. Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand and place it here in my side. Why would he do that? Because he understands the underlying truths and deeper workings of faith in the life of a believer. Romans 12, 3 says this, 
For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Now here it is, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And what God has given is not void of power, even when that power is not being accessed or utilized. But beyond this is the innate power of Jesus' spoken word. Jesus literally speaks belief into Thomas. He says, don't be stuck in unbelief, but believe. And this but believe is an activation of faith that bears immediate fruit from Thomas, my Lord and my God. First off, let me say to you, you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Those of you who have been born again by his Holy Spirit, the giver of life, transforming faith is alive in you and can not only change your circumstance and situation, but can also at the very same moment transform you, heal you, bless you, prosper you, and fill your lonely void with his loving and comforting presence. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Because although we all have a measure of faith that is uniquely ours, there is something more already at work in us by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.13 talks about it. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and that measure of the stature of fullness of Christ is attached to the unity of faith. When Christ comes along, he increases the measure of faith first given to you when you were born again. He's a, an ever-living river of life, a stream that never runs dry. He is the wellsprings of life. Listen, we're not alone in this thing. They can't extend this thing long enough. They can't lock us down deep enough to cut us off from the abiding presence of God. He shows up in locked rooms. Fear-filled rooms to give faith to the faithless, comfort to the fear-filled, and hope to the disillusioned. Listen to this encouragement from the writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 13.5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, that is, Jesus has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said that. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. Can you say that this morning? The Lord is my helper. Whatever your situation is, whatever rubber you're burning, whatever smoke is filling your house from just being stuck in this rut, can you say this? The Lord is my helper. Maybe there's someone today who's just tuned in and out of curiosity or you're looking for an answer to an unformed question that keeps trying to emerge from your heart with a desperate cry for comfort. Listen, the kingdom of God has come near to you today. 
with good news. This same Jesus we have spoken about today with his nail-pierced hands and feet and the spear wound in his side, once dead and once buried, he has conquered death, hell, and the grave and is alive today with the power to redeem and save those who call on his name. Will that be you today? Go ahead. Say his name, Jesus. Say his name, Jesus. Jesus, come into my life and change me from the inside out. I invite you into my heart. Amen. That's all it takes, just an invitation. If you prayed that today, go ahead and let us know on the comment bar so that we can pray for you and connect with you in the days to come. So let's pray together right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and stir up our faith, comfort our hearts, and fill the voids and meet us in our loneliness as we move on from here to there. I want to pray with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and listen, give you peace. God bless you guys.